Tegan? How much do you know about bees? I know a lot about bees. Do you really? Yes. Are they really disappearing? Um, yes, actually. The Alarmingly. ones the ones that we like? So honeybees can die in a hole. Um the one the honeybees are everywhere and yeah, their numbers are declining, but I don't care very much cuz they're invasive. Mm. Uh solitary bees are the ones that we really need to be worried about because they're like going extinct. Okay. Um you know what's funny? The listener knows what they're clicking on. So it's kind of bizarre that we pretend <laughs> like it's a surprise to all of us. <laughs> That's part of showmanship. Um, do any of these solitary bees happen to know how to spell kamikaze? No. What about... <laughs> Can this be the whole episode? <laughs> what about succadeneum? Uh, <laughs> Are you scanning for words you feel comfortable saying out loud? Yes, I am. <laughs> what about, oh, I already don't know how to say it again. The puppet theater. Gunyol. Gunyol. <laughs> then why do they call them spelling bees? Hey, Becca. Yeah? Why do they call them spelling bees? Well, the word bee used to refer to lots of different types of gatherings. Like Applebee's. Uh-huh. Can you be more specific? B-, B. Yes, I can. Welcome to Be More Specific, a podcast where an entomologist, me, and a film student, me, walk into a podcast and walk out with a question answered. I'm Becca. And I'm Tegan. Okay. What so if we did folly? Is it folly work? Is that how you say it? Foley work? What if we did folly work so it was walk into a podcast and you heard like, 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 step, 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 step. And then... And then a door slams. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be fun, like a fun gag, if we didn't already have the theme music playing over it. <laughs> like, layers. I think it would be pretty, because our audio already isn't super great, it yeah. would get very muddy very quickly. We should do, we should do an episode on folly work. F- folly work. And I'll pronounce it wrong every time. Mm, okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Let's do it. That would actually be kind of fun. Um... I was trying to come up with, when I was writing this, I was trying to come up with an opening joke. So the first thing says, hey, Becca, what is a spelling bee? And as far, you know, you want to see how far I got? Yeah. The response was, it's a bug. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I imagine it's uh, is one word. It's a bug. It's a bug. We had a baby. It's a boy. <laughs> oh. Should I define that joke or should we just let it no. rhyme? Okay. Well, uh, as I always do, the listeners might not remember because I haven't been the person leading to the discussion in a couple of months. Mm. I typically begin with history. Yes. Oh, let me put on my history cap. What does it look like? It is red velvet, crushed red velvet in a lumpy shape. That's pretty good. A nondescript lumpy hat. So like medieval. Yeah, historical even. Oh. Okay, so the origin of the term spelling bee. The apparently the entomology of the etymolo- the, the etymology of the entomological word competition. <laughs> I just felt like my grandma when I said that. There has to be she a She loved bee. word games. <laughs> there has to be a spelling bee that's all bug words. I mean, that maybe That would be so fun at the at the conference. You should you should Spearhead it. Spearhead the charge. Be different. Dare they're, to be different. They're like, hey, can you spell any of these words? And I'm like, mm-mm. 
<laughs> Not the point. Okay, well, so the word B, as used in spelling B, is apparently it's a language puzzle that's never been completely accounted for. A language puzzle. <laughs> I wish I, I wish I could call things a biology puzzle. <laughs> you probably could. I could I maybe I'll spearhead it. Yeah. But you you are right in that or I guess I was right in that B as early as 17 as the 1700s would be referred to a gathering of a group that joins together to do a single activity. Mm-hmm. So the earliest known example is a spinning bee in 1769, <laughs> which I believe refers to like cloth. Yeah, probably. Spinning. Um, and then this there's is also a podcast bee. Well, is two people not a group? I don't think I consider it a group. I'm saying, hey, I'm getting a group of friends together. There's two of us. <laughs> it's me and you. Like, hey, we're both friends. If you said, hey, Tegan, I'm having a group of friends over, and then I showed up and it was just me, I would be so annoyed with you. Right? Yeah, you're right. You're right. You were like, I put on my group cap. <laughs> yeah, I put on my I put on makeup for this, Becca. <laughs> and I wouldn't have even noticed. No. Um, but You're such a bad husband. <laughs> <laughs> Am I the am I the husband in this relationship? Oh, a hundred percent, yes. I say that with all of the I'm I'm the nagging annoying one. He's like, we don't go out enough. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. Why don't you take me to parties with you? I could probably get you an invite. Uh, the issue is I don't know if I want to go to parties. Yeah, no, that's fine. I just want to be included. <laughs> Other early occurrences of the term bee are husking bees, apple bees, and logging bees. And spelling bee is pretty much an entirely American term. It first first appeared in print in 1875, but it was probably used orally before that. And I feel like that's probably the case with most words, right? Yes. Or do you think there was a word that like... It it appeared for the first time in print? Uh Uh-huh. I think there are a couple of Shakespearean words. Quiz. That was probably used orally. But I think when it's like an author creating a new word, like I don't think anybody said like, defenestrate before Shakespeare did. Oh, okay. Or like parshendi. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think, I also don't think that parshendi is ever going to enter like lexicon, the general yeah. lexicon. No. I was about to say lexical canon, which is disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> um... And basically, yeah, a spelling bee, it's a little word competition. It would it would happen in elementary schools for uh I remember for losing a couple of years. very quickly. Yeah. Um, question, will you be having me sp- I just got super anxious. Will you be having me spell words? I was that wasn't part of my agenda, but maybe just, now it will be. I just got like I suddenly had the thought, what if Becca wants you to spell things and no. I got like Well, I think it's it's part of our dynamic that you know how to spell. I mean, that you don't know how to spell things and I do. Or pronounce things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, what I'm going to be focusing on is the national spelling bee. Ooh. Ref- specifically the Scripps national spelling bee. But Is that, are there colors yellow and black? I think Have so. Have I seen Probably. pictures they, of people, like children on stage? Yeah, it sometimes makes it into, well, have you seen the movie Aquila and the Bee? Yes. See, that's like a famous spelling bee yep. movie. It has it like this type of competition has made its way into 
media mm-hmm. in, into like movies and stuff. I I was thinking a lot about the psych episode mm-hmm. that centers around a spelling bee when I was when I was writing this. But anyway, some more history. The first national spelling bee. The, which is unrelated to the Scripps National Spelling Bee, but it was the first one that included people from across the country, was in 1908. And it was actually won by a, a little black girl named Marie C. Bolden. 10 and out of 10. It is, yeah, I mean, it's, I didn't know that. And um, this was, like, very beginning, like, super beginning of desegregation efforts. Like, oh, it was kind cool. of crazy that this wasn't a segregated event, and a lot of people protested it, especially after she won. And there were, like... It's actually kind of wild because in the written portion of the competition, there a pronouncer. A written? Yeah, we're, we'll get into it. Oh but gosh. there was a pronouncer who gave an incorrect example for the word capital with an O, and that caused many spellers to write it as capital with an A. And so that had like ramifications. And by the end of the tallying, after they had like amended the competition because of this mistake, um, Marie Bolden, she no longer had a perfect score, even though her mm-hmm. team still won. But I, it just had me wondering if they even would have like looked into this oh, at all yeah. if it hadn't been a, a black winner. So that's, that's interesting. Really interesting yeah. And there was also, after her victory, the local black YMCA organized a spelling bee to be held in her honor, but under pressure from their mayor due to high tensions over, quote, race questions, mm-hmm. the event was canceled. I literally, you said they... Started making a local black, like a local black spelling bee in my, like I had a little smile and then you said, however, and I just was like, "Mm." yeah, so no, that sucks. It sucks a lot. (laughs) And then the first, what people now consider to be the first national spelling bee, (laughs) because it was, it's the one that became the Scripps spelling bee. It was, it was sponsored by the Louisville Courier Journal at first and then by Scripps Howard in 1941. Mm. But yeah, this first spelling bee was hosted in Washington, D.C. on June 17, 1925. Nine finalists, six girls and three boys, competed where they met President Calvin Coolidge before the competition. After the... (laughs) If I should choose a president to meet, he would not be on the list. Really? No. Silent Cal? I forgot. I forgot he was a president. Yeah, that's fair. Oh, that's so... You said that, and I was like, like of the U.S.? Like, I had to think. <laughs> After a 90-minute competition, <laughs> the winner was 11-year-old Frank Newhauser of Kentucky, who correctly spelled gladiolus, a flower he had raised as a boy. <laughs> he won $500. He's still a boy. I know. <laughs> <laughs> he, he won $500 in gold pieces. In gold? <laughs> this was 1925. Okay, did you ever, like, read... Books. I don't know, like Jigsaw Jones. Maybe. Did you ever read Jigsaw Jones? I don't Jones think so. Are fantastic. They're like children mystery novels. Anyway, I think I did that type of book where it's like, oh, I'm going down to the to the shop and I'm gonna buy something with my my coin that I got or whatever. Yeah. Little Tegan was always like, man, I wish I lived in a world where like, I got a gold coin if I won something. That's you know? fair. Um, did you ever read Encyclopedia Brown? Those those were the ones I read mostly. Yeah, okay, so encyc- same, in, same, same vibe. Same vibe. Same vibe, exactly. Yeah. Only Jigsaw Jones has, I don't know, there's just weird, like, you know how Encyclopedia Brown sometimes will, like, describe things in, like, the weirdest way possible? Yeah. Like, the metaphors get real messy? Mm-hmm. Jigsaw Jones continued that tradition. 
That's funny. <laughs> anyway, that that's like kind of the extent of my of my history for this competition. It was just mm-hmm. like, oh, it was like a cool thing that teachers thought up in middle schools. Then they had a national it was one. Middle school. Or elementary school. This competition, it's normally seventh and eighth grade is mm. like when they do I think when most schools start holding competitions, mm. but I believe See, we had a spelling bee at my school, but it was I think it was fifth and fourth graders. Mm-hmm. But by um, the time we were in high school, in middle school, it was not cool, you know. I just realized that I have I for the national spelling bee, I have like an age cap in my notes, but not a minimum. So oh, I'm gonna okay. look that up. It's like if you're three year old smart enough, go ahead. Right. The age cap is 16 years old, okay. eighth grade, which or. Don't ask me how old I was in eighth grade. Oh, my gosh. These eligibility requirements are crazy. Jenny's 16 now, and she's in 11th grade. So this is what is happening right here. Okay. 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 Here we go. Good thing we don't have a child. Oh, you know what? (gasps) What if we have a podcast child that we raise to be the perfect spelling bee competitor? We should do that. Raise a child to win a spelling bee? Yeah. That kind of seems to be what some parents do. Wait, are there, like, spelling bee parents? Like, there's gymnast Yes. No, it's like a... (gasps) It's like... A constant thing. They hire coaches. Is it like? Is there a big prize? Fifty thousand dollars. Okay. Yeah, I guess. And like, you'll probably get into whatever school you want. College. Really? Probably. If I okay, if I okay, was... but like the vast majority of spelling bee winners and contestants are Indian American. Interesting. Or just like uh, South Asian. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. It's it's like kind of. Is it a cultural thing? I, I Yeah. Or is it, I wonder if there's something, if, if you're speaking multiple languages in the home, I wonder if it's easier. I don't know. You know? It's just, it's just kind of become part of. That culture? Part of the spelling bee culture. I don't know if it's Indian culture, oh. but just like specifically regarding spelling bees. Okay. Okay. Eligibility. <laughs> it, 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 so um, I tend to associate it with seventh and eighth grade. The eligibility, I was confused about this earlier. You can neither be above 16 or nor above eighth grade oh okay yeah so i guess there's some if you're skipping grades i think that's that's probably what it's for except i'm also pretty sure that you're not allowed to have skipped a grade oh the speller must not have repeated any grade for the purpose of extending spelling bee eligibility oh Um, and if the speller has repeated any grade then they must notify the Scripps National Spelling Bee, and a special exception will be made. I mean, I almost had to repeat third grade because I couldn't do math, so I I would be eligible. I was bad at spelling, too. Yeah, yeah. But (laughs) So, yeah, no, the eligibility requirements are very strict, and it does work like a lot of tournaments where you have to win regional spelling Mm -hmm. bees in order to even be eligible for the national one, and there are normally around 260 contestants. Can you imagine you're standing up on a stage and there's a six-year-old next to you? Uh, Crazy, right? And another requirement is the speller must not bypass or circumvent normal school activity to study for spelling bees. So they have to take, um, like, normal school activity, like eight classes a semester, Mm -hmm. uh, which I find interesting. What's wild is these rules are there on purpose. Which means there was someone that was circumventing normal school activities to practice for a spelling bee. Yeah. Wow. No, it's like it's like a whole culture, which is why I was interested in it in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that the competition works is w- what we imagine is just you get given a word, you spell the word. If you get it wrong, you're out. 
It's yes. not necessarily like that. In oh. um, I mean, I guess that makes for like a more high stakes movie. Yeah. Or even like comedy. I feel like I see a lot of comedy sketches that center on it's a spelling bee. Yeah. Or they'll just like, I think a lot of comedy just simplifies a situation. Yeah. Um, just for ease <laughs> and understanding. But in 2013, in the National Spelling Bees, they instituted a vocabulary portion, um, which a lot of people kind of rioted about because it's not mm. about spelling. It's about definitions. <laughs> it's not about Apparently. spelling anymore. And uh, so you, the pr- like you have a sign and it's like, keep spelling bees pure. Ooh. People people care and I feel like it's generally former spelling bee contestants who got it. Like the um the man who's in charge of like the whole shebang right now, mm-hmm. I don't remember his name, but he was he was a previous winner of the National Spelling got Bee and it. he's just dedicated his life to it. And most of the coaches are also previous spelling bee winners because you can also make you a you lot are not money. you well yeah, you can make a lot of money as a coach, but you are also not allowed to compete if you've won it. If you've won the whole oh. thing, you like you can't be a multiple time winner. Okay. Um, and so the way that the uh, the rounds of the spelling bee work is that there's three rounds of oral competition to begin with. There's spelling, which is exactly what we think of. There is a pronouncer and there is a speller. Yes. The pronouncer gives the word. The speller says the word. If if the word is B, they'll go B B E E B. Yeah. <laughs> Meaning they have to bookend. Um, their yeah. spelling with the word. You can't be disqualified necessarily for not doing that, but it is like highly encouraged. Highly. It's an unwritten rule. And I there's love an unwritten rule. And there's also a judge. The pronouncer is not the same person who decides whether or not the word was correct and presses the button. That's fair. And it's also the judge just makes sure that there's no sort of issue. It's like a witness in case the pronouncer does like pronounce something wrong, then the judge mm. will put them in their place. Does that happen? I'm sure it does. Yes, it does. Uh, did you ever do a spelling bee like at your school? We didn't have them. My school. I would have. I think I would have done classes. very well. No, I don't. Like for vocab or for like, you know how you'd have like your spelling list? Yeah. That was, by the way, wild that every week I was giving a list of words and was told like tattoo these on your heart. And yeah. I was like, I will know these very well. Just, I mean, it makes sense. I don't know if that's the, I think, okay, here's the, the crazy thing is. My first instinct is, like, that doesn't make sense as a way to learn how to spell words. But the fact is that it does because English words are so stupid. Especially, like... And the, they're all spelled different, not yeah. necessarily according to any particular scheme. We would have the bonus words, too, at the end. That were yeah. just really hard ones. Yeah. But we would do this thing where we would go through the list of words and our teacher would, like, shake a cup with all of our names in it. And we'll pull out your name and you would stand up at your desk and if you spelled it wrong... Like spelling bee rules. If you spelt it wrong, you have to. You were out, and your name got taken out. And whoever finished, whoever like didn't get taken out, would would get like candy or whatever. And I never got candy. It's so interesting because I always attributed the fact that I was good at spelling to how much I read as a kid. But you read just as much as me. Well, I read weird. Oh, oh, I, I got right. You skipped when I was a kid. Yeah. Explain how you read. I read the first couple words. And the last couple words in a sentence and sometimes in a paragraph and my brain fills in the middle, um, which I actually do fine on comprehension and stuff. And I'm actually like, I think I'm a pretty solid writer. <laughs> I use a lot of commas, but I don't know. Um, I, I can write pretty easily um, and I can I mean, I, I work fine. It's just uh, when I was a kid, I got a thing strapped to my head and they tested me because I was reading abnormally fast. 
So weird. And I couldn't spell, which was weird. Yeah, and I have the problem where I have to read every single word and make sure I know it. Yeah. Well, and sometimes I'll be reading something and I have to force myself to slow down, mm-hmm. which when I was a kid I couldn't do because mm-hmm. that's just not how I naturally read. But now I can I can almost change gears oh. when I'm reading and decide if I'm reading, like, thoroughly or not. That's so interesting. So, I mean, I guess it is possible that... I spell well because I did read so much and my reading consisted of reading every single word yeah, no. <laughs> and tattooing it on the back of my heart. <laughs> the back of, not the front of? Is that, isn't that fan. what you said? Tattoo on the I back of I just said tattooed on my heart. Oh. <laughs> Fake spelling fan. That's me. <laughs> um, I, I was an insufferable person who looked at the whole list of uh, winning words and honestly... Until the 70s, they weren't that hard. What's, what's like, some words? Knack. K-N-A-C-K. I mean, if you're, if you're eight. Therapy. <laughs> Not a hard word. Uh, condominium. How would you spell therapy wrong? <laughs> I don't know. Wait, give me a second. T-H. I can't think of how, maybe with an I-E at the end? Good luck. Maybe kids were just stupider now. Maybe that. therapy? Therapy. No therapy. Like P-E-E, maybe. <laughs> therapy. <laughs> and quick spell I cup. E-Y-E-C-U-U-U-U-P. You started and I was like, what is... <laughs> What is she spelling? Like, I forgot what I had asked. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, the first time somebody did that to me, I totally fell for it. Oh, because you were like, oh, I know how to spell things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, literally. I don't get invited to haunted houses, and I know how to spell things. Here's my little cane. Man, Kid Becca's great. I did use a cane for a couple of weeks. And, and, and like a fedora. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hate Kid Becca. I love It's a problem I have. I've been really thinking about would Kid Becca and Kid Tegan get along. And I think Kid Becca is so unbelievably similar to Kid Patty that, yes, we would have. Really? Because Patty, spelling, it's like mm. her whole thing. <laughs> Grammar loves it. She like, it was, it was like her identity for a period of time. That's funny. And I was never annoyed. I was just like, that's cool. You do that. I think I just, it became my identity because it's the thing teachers complimented me on. That's what happened to Patty. Like, oh, you spell good. You read a lot. I'm like, okay, I guess I got to do it more. And Patty's like, I guess I have to be in English. I guess I have to want to get a degree in English. Is that what I'll she be did? an English teacher. Uh, no, but that was what she thought she had to do. I was an English major for a, a semester. You were? Oh, yes. Spellers can ask for alternate pronunciations, parts of speech, definitions, or to use the word in a sentence. Oh, that's the that's the one that comedy uses. Mm-hmm. Can you use that word? Can you use it in a sentence, please? Um, and language of origin. I think language of origin tends to be the most helpful. They use a lot of French words. Mm. Um, French is hard. In my opinion, <laughs> I don't think French is, is like hard. crazy hard. Well, I mean, spelling is weird. In yeah, French. Um, you get a lot of U's hanging out. Yeah, there's U's, there's G's, but um. And they don't really do spelling bees in most other countries, hmm. like, because English is special because of how inconsistent it is, that mm-hmm. it becomes a competition to see who knows the most words. 
versus other countries where like you pronounce something you like it it's phonetic it's phonetic and even that I have learned from Reddit is like a loaded term. People are like, I hate the term phonetic because it's not like that simple. I'm like, okay. But if you can spell a word based solely on you hearing it, I think it's phonetic, right? It doesn't mean it's easy or dumb or... Yeah. No, it's bad that English is the way it is. Yeah, linguists go off, I guess. And I I love the English language. It has more words Mm -hmm. than most languages. And that's like... Because we steal them. And I actually think that's beautiful and it's part of the melting pot thing. But it's certainly, but we shouldn't judge intelligence based on your ability to memorize all these words. (laughs) Just like we shouldn't judge intelligence based on what language you happen to speak. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And there are actually people from other countries that can compete in this group's national spelling bee. Because I guess that they have instituted programs and schools that are eligible in different countries. Well, I guess a lot of there's other countries that learn English. So it makes sense that that would be a uh, Mm -hmm. like a mark of honor almost. Yeah. And in 1998, Jody Ann Maxwell became the first person to win the spelling bee who was from outside the country. She was from Jamaica. And I believe that she is the only one who has done that. Dang. Oh, there's also a Canadian. Oh, okay. But it is mostly United States. Barely counts. Right. (laughs) Sorry, Canada. Um, So, yeah, there's three rounds of oral competition, spelling, then multiple choice word meeting, which people are turned up about, which I understand. I get it. But also, I think it's I think that's a valid expansion. And it's multiple choice. You know, it's A, B or C. Yeah. Um, But apparently they're like one time they used the term Stockholm syndrome in the National Spelling Bee and people rioted because kids were like, I don't know what that means. How am I supposed to know what that means? Yeah, that's fair. Which is fair. Um, but it does remind but I mean, me. I that happens on the SAT all the time. Well, the complaint was that they're turning it into the SAT. <laughs> oh. That they're turning it into something thing. that the but spelling bee should not be. Because I mean, spelling bee is about spelling. Yeah. And do you hear that? They're doing construction. It's my stomach. <gasps> Are you starving today? Apparently. Are you? It is like your stomach. I had me? breakfast. Okay. I did not have lunch. Sorry. Wait. No. Say what you said again. I had breakfast. Becca, what time is it? 4.34 p.m. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I've not been doing so hot. I just no. don't have time to cook, and I'm getting tired of eating out. Yeah, that's very real. Um, but that's not what we're talking about. We're pro- talking about spelling, which I'm now becoming like intensely aware is such a dry topic that nobody else is going to care about except me. That's not true. <sighs> if Patty listens, she'll care. We'll have to cut out the part about her. But, like... I don't know. I've always viewed people who spell well as, I don't know, just like, I feel it's all, it's one of those things where I, I prescribe like moral betterness, mm-hmm. which is messed up for a major like a majority of reasons, a lot of reasons. It's messed yeah. up for a lot of reasons, you know, most of which are uh, linked up with all kinds of fun, fun like racist things. Yeah, and elitism like, and class yeah. differences. Uh, I totally agree. I like that I know how to spell because it means I don't have to use spell check as often, you know? Because mm. that is the thing when it does come to like official documents. I don't think that uh, it, it should be thrown out because of a poor spelling, but just like for understandability reasons. Yeah. Like English is a standardized language. So we should use it as such. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Right. Um, it's just it's just not a moral well, thing, though. It's nice that we have spell checkers and stuff now. 
to help bridge the gap for oh absolutely Although, oh and gosh. I do get annoyed when students don't use spell check do you know how many times just uh, there's I there's an the extension word. well the thing my problem is with science oh so, uh, science is pfft. I don't know what that's the thing I was like oh what if we did an entomology like a bee spelling bee where we did like bee families or something people argue about yeah. how to spell it yeah and it'll be different in different publications but like Sometimes I will spell a word like a normal word and I spell it so poorly that word is like, I'm not even going to underline that. <laughs> and I'm like, that's not how you spell because I know it's not. And it's like, I'm, I don't know. I don't know. I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there was actually one instance where there's, there's argument about different spellings of different words. Mm-hmm. And the winning word in 2013 was... I'm going to guess how it's pronounced, and then I'm going to play how it's pronounced. Okay, this is fun, um, fun game. I'm going to say natal. K-N-A-I-D-E-L. What? Which is uh, another word for, a, like, a Jewish dumpling. Knidal. 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 Well, at least you hear the K, I mean. Yeah, and there were a bunch of Yiddish speakers who rioted and were like, hey, that's not the correct spelling of Knidal. <gasps> how do you spell it? Uh, some people, oh my gosh, there's so many alternative forms. Some people because take out the E, some yes. people ta- add a Y, some people take out the I, but they all, the spelling bee always... Is that your stomach? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've never heard someone else's stomach growl before. I thought that didn't actually happen. I thought that only happened in books. This is so crazy. I don't feel that hungry. Um, it sounds like a portal to hell is opening in you. I wish I had a mic. Oh, I guess this is a microphone. That rec- I wish I had a better microphone to record it so I could use it in like a film. <laughs> because that's like really evocative. It is. Um, You're making me hungrier. I really don't want this to be a problem. Okay. Maybe I, mean, if I-, <laughs> I don't think it'll. I don't think the mic will pick it up. Okay. The, the the scripts National Spelling Bee always defaults to the like the mod the most recent edition of the Merriam Webster unabridged. Ask, I was gonna ask if they go to addiction if they have a partnership. With yeah, the and so after people were rioting about Knidel, they they were like, "Well, we will pursue a thorough investigation." And then they were like, "Oh no, this is what the dictionary says." <laughs> um, so they, you know, they win. Though I do think that for winning words. They they're very careful about the winning words that they pick. Um, they will probably not use a word like titillating just in case because these are children. Yes, yes. Uh, they're probably not going to use that word. Um, and certain cultural words, I would imagine they would also shy would away think, from. I would right? think they would have like a vocab list, right? They do have a list, um, but it is decided upon by like people. I got it's you. not an algorithm. They are very careful about the words that they pick, except for in this one case. Yeah, but that was also that was years that was in the nineties, right? Yeah. Um, and the words have gotten even crazier since then. I like what's the modern ones. So for COVID, did they have to do a Zoom spelling bee? Yes, they did. How do you make sure people aren't cheating? I don't know, actually. That'd be really complicated. Like secure locations, maybe. (gasps) Yeah. I bet you they had just proctored. Yeah, probably. And that is part of the reason. So there used to be a more extensive written portion as well. Mm-hmm. Now it's pretty much all oral. And I one of the articles I read said that it is because of COVID, it was very difficult to do a written one yeah. versus where you can do like Zoom oral. Yeah, that makes sense. But no, yeah, so crazy. 
the only time since 1925 when they began this spelling bee that they haven't held it was 1942, 3, and 4 because of World War II. Yeah, I was going to say. I was like, that's World War II, right? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> World War II. <clears throat> and, yeah, so the multiple choice word meanings, they will they have a projector. They will project a word and pronounce a word, and then the students will have to – students, the spellers will have to pick A, B, or C. Um, and the different rounds have different <laughs> – like specific rules mm. for their like the rules for the elimination is pretty much the same until the final round where you get a word wrong you're out mm. um just trying to get people out as quickly as possible but um like the the word meaning versus spelling that those alternate um gotcha and they're different depending on the different rounds and it really only changes as far as eliminations in the finals where so in the final um it consists of oral competition beginning with one round of spelling followed by one round of multiple choice word meaning Mm -hmm. and continuing with rounds of oral spelling until a champion is declared dang so if two kids just keep getting yeah or even three like it it can be multiple if they just keep getting their Their words words right. right it just continues going on and on and on and on um, Until someone gets fatigued. Yes. Or there is, <laughs> this is called the end of B procedure. <laughs> uh, if all spellers. Oh, the end of B procedure is usually a stinger. <laughs> That's very funny. So if all spellers in a round misspell or answer incorrect- incorrectly, all will remain in the competition and a new round begins with the spellers competing in their original order. If only one speller answers correctly in a round, a new one-word round begins, and the speller is given an opportunity to spell the next spelling word on the list, the anticipated winning word. The anticipated winning word will always be a spelling word, not a vocab word. And if okay. they, you know, if they spell the winning word, then they win the winning word. Wow. If they don't, uh, if they misspell the anticipated winning word, then a new round begins with all spellers from the previous round. So it's like, um... Oh. I feel like there are games like this. Yes, there are. Where, where you have to, there's a win condition you must meet after previously meeting. Yeah, it, it kind of reminds me of the um, the Jackbox trivia one, yes. trivia murder party, yes. where you have to get the final one right in order to pass through. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And just, I keep on thinking about like, I just, I'm like, oh, I can't believe, like, there's people who care so much. That there's not, I don't know, like, I'm torn between being like, how does anyone get anything right? And how does anyone ever miss a word if they're prepared? Like, I feel like I have no grasp of truly how many words are in the English language. There are an estimated 171,146, according to the Oxford English Dictionary. That's a lot of words. And apparently there are around 50,000 obsolete words. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so, yeah, lots of words. Uh, apparently, it's difficult to memorize all of them. Yeah, I would assume so. Did you ever do any of the, like, educational tournament things? There was, there was like, a, we, did, we did have one B, which was, I think, like a social studies hmm. competition thing, which was impossible to study for. And I thought that all of the questions were a sham. 
Nice. I just remember not getting any of them right and being like, none of these were on the study guide. Got it. (laughs) We had, there were mathletes at my school. And then I also did Battle of the Books in elementary school, where you have a reading You've told list. me about Battle of the Books. Okay. I would have dumped... Okay. Can I explain Battle of the Books? Please do. Cool. We had a reading competition, which I will explain afterward. Okay. Cool. Academic competitions are interesting to me. And they 100% fueled my weird obsession with academic validation. Yes. Um, uh-huh. Which is my career plan, actually. is it ac- Academic... Which I'm growing what closer to that. When you grow up, oh, I want to be validated academically. See, and I'm like, I've always been academically validated, but I want to be artistically validated, but I'll kn- but I know I'll be academically validated. Uh, um, well, you can be artistic. You have a podcast. Um, art is what this is. This is art. Um, conversations are conversations, conversations are art. Conversations are jazz, just like science. We're going to let the population figure that one out. Uh, that any, feels like nonsense to me. Anyone, I don't know if I disagree. If anyone wants to talk to me about the philosophy of scientific thought and why it's like jazz, hit me up. Please hit I'd Tegan to up. About hit Tegan. Hit, please hit Tegan. <laughs> she deserves it. Um, <laughs> quick, quick. Spell Woodhen. Woodhen? No, wait. Wooden? Did you mispronounce Moorhen. <laughs> Moorhen was the last winning word. M O R E H E N? You got M O O R H E N. Oh, that's not that difficult. No, but we'll get into it. The last winning word. Ooh, okay. The okay. last, yeah. Let me, okay. Battle the books. Battle the books. You get a list of books to read, like 35 or something. That's not that many. Yeah, well, most students couldn't read that many hmm. in as short of a time as it was. Which was like a month? Or you have the like half of the semester to prepare, so so like a month and a half. Anyway, so you you start reading these books. You can get the list over the summer, but most people didn't read over the summer. I, however, would read every book on the list. So in my Battle of the Books team, you would have prelims at your school to decide what team would be going to mm-hmm. like the district competition, mm-hmm. and then at the district competition. My I always got I always got to the district competition, and it would be me. I would be the plot girl. I would know plot, but I didn't know authors. And we had someone else who just didn't read any of the books, but would just memorize authors. And they oh. ask a question about content, and you have to answer with the name of the book and then the name of the author for another point. And if you don't get the author, then the other team could do the author. And so yeah. it would just be comprehension quizzes right but you you have a list of 35 books and sometimes like there's two books about a dog that gets lost and so yeah. you have to like remember nuances in how they're portrayed and you could like argue if you think that the question was misleading or if you think that something similar happened in a different book and like winning those arguments like me pulling out a book from like you know they'd have a shelf of all of them Pulling out a book and being like, see, on this page, this happened. Oh, it felt so good. And I one it. time. I think that would have made me. I, I don't think I ever would have recovered from my insufferability oh. if I did well in one of those. <laughs> one time. Like, I I'm a recovered sleep. pretentious. Like, I'm still pretty pretentious, but <laughs> it I was so been, much worse. I went to state. Um, didn't get to nationals, but I went to state. State's super cool. Yeah, it was really what cool. What did you do? Did you, like, stay in a hotel? Uh, No, it wasn't that big of a deal. It was oh. close enough that we just drove. But it was still, like. That's so cool. Um, there was only one person in your group who could talk, and it would be they'd ask the question, and both there'd be, like, two, like, eight kids in, like, two circles, and everyone would lean in. I don't know. There's just something about being in a circle with people and quietly conferring about a trivia question. 
I love trivia. It's so funny. I wish we had trivia nearby. We should do trivia. There was something you said. There was a book. Yeah, it was the Jazz Readathon, which was sponsored by the Utah Jazz basketball team. <laughs> and participating schools would just really try to get their uh, their students to read. And mm-hmm. students would keep a reading log. They could read whatever the heck they wanted. Um, I thought some kids cheated a little bit by listening to books. Oh, you still have issues. It's contentious. With I'm like fine with it now. Like I've pretty much gotten over it. Uh-huh. But like I don't know when kids were playing basketball at the same time as they were reading, it like bothered me. Yeah, it doesn't. Which is how some people would do it. Which is, I mean, it doesn't matter that much. Mm-hmm. But I, I would always be in like the top three readers, and it was super great. And I know for a fact other kids would cheat, but it's fine. Did you know my I? We did the thing where you would read books and then take tests on them on the computer. Oh yeah, you do that, like, I've a- seen that on Arthur. AR points or whatever accelerated reader points and like different books would be weighted differently based on Mm -hmm. how complicated they were i got the most points in my year cool and my little face is still up in my sixth grade classroom cool like last time i was in my hometown i was like am i have i been dethroned nope so good for you no i never had anything like that i should put that on my cv you totally should (laughs) But, no, the issue with the Jazz Readathon, it was very easy to fudge because you literally just, like, as long as you yeah. didn't write 24 hours a day, like, they would just take it. Because mm-hmm. my school was also a, f- a small private school that was so probably desperate to win something. And it was, like, per yeah. capita because there were public schools that would go. Um, and they would divide it by number of students mm-hmm. versus us. We only had, like, 100 students. So if one student, like me, read so much, it would just, like, oh, our oh. numbers, crazy inflated. Principals and love you. Yes. And we... Unironically, yes. And um, we would have, like, designated, like, an hour every week or uh, multiple hours every week, especially as the deadline got closer, where it was just, like, kids read so that they could, like, like beef the, up the numbers. the number. Yeah. I don't, like, super want to out my school because I haven't thought about this in years, but it was, like, kind of crazy. And we won multiple years in a row. And Do you a, get anything? A jazz basketball player would come to the school and read to us, and it was good publicity. Oh. That's so what we would get. If this had been a public school, they just don't care that much. That's why. I think so. Yeah, because public schools don't really care about publicity. Yeah, I feel like maybe there was a pizza party involved, but really the main prize was just a basketball player coming. And I remember vividly there was one basketball player who couldn't read very well. He was, like, reading a picture book to us, and he, like, mispronounced a couple of words. And I was like, what is happening? Dying. <laughs> Isn't that funny? That is... That is it's like sitcom. Gosh, you should write that down somewhere to use in a later media. Please write it yeah. down. Oh yeah. Well, because like basketball players, they don't have to read that I well. That's dizzy. not their job. That was so funny. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I and think. Like, oh, and oh, and one year. Sorry, having this basketball player reading to the like deemed most literate of children. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm remembering now there was also a prize where like. An author came and visited, and we had, like, Neater's oh, bre- cool. a Neater's breakfast, and we had, like, a little meet and greet with him. Oh, he was, like, a local Utah author, and it was fun. Um, okay. Recently, the past couple years, they have instituted something called the spell-off, which has only ever been used once. Last year, 2022. Oh, my gosh. In the spell-off, in the sole, under the sole discretion of, like, the uh, competition officials, if no champion has been declared during the finals... If it is at the end of a round and a championship is not about to begin, the officials may opt to activate a spell-off. Activate? 
activate. Do you think they flip up a switch? I really slam hope so. Slam it down. And I think the instance last year was the two finalists. They got four words in a row wrong, each of them. So they were like, fine, spell off. Fine, you pushed us too far. Yep. And it gives, basically, they give the remaining contestants 90 seconds to spell words from a word list prepared in advance. Whoever spells the most words co- correctly during that time would be declared champion. You need to watch this video. Yes. It is insane. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Should we just watch it right now? Yeah, we should watch it right now. Okay. Me salivating. I'm so excited to see this. Ready? Yes. Your first word is spielbone. S-P-E-A-L-B-O-N-E. Phreatophyte. P-H-R-E-A-T-O-P-H-Y-T-E. Gaidiang. G-A-Y-D-I-A-N-G. Parison. P-A-R-I-S-O-N. Eximer. E-X-E-I-M-E-R. Tokia Tokia. T-O-Q-U-I-L-L-A. Glocus. G-L-O-C-H-I-S. Apolmon. E-P-A-U-L-E-M-E-N-T. 22 words. She got one of them wrong. Uh, Wait, did the other person get more wrong? He only got, I believe, 14 in mm, these. So she was fast. Yeah. Also, that, like, is that what English sounds like to aliens? Do you know what I mean? Have you seen the video of, I think it was an Italian pop star who was like, Italians will listen to anything that sounds like it's English. So he made up a song that sounds English but isn't. No, that's it, really interesting. It's super, it's like... It feels like Weird. listening to a different language. There's this book I read as a kid that said, like, one of the characters was like, you English speakers, you talk like your mouth is full of rocks. Because, <laughs> like, we, it's so, like, enunciative, you know? Interesting. As opposed to being more smooth like a lot of other languages are. I could not. Most of those words I didn't know. Number one were words. And the way she would, like rattle off the letters oh that was so like impressive. It's, it's crazy so this this girl her name is 14 year old harini logan and she was competing against a boy named vikram mm. something but he doesn't get a last name because he lost <laughs> <laughs> wait what was her name again hurry harini logan harini oh vikram raju and he apparently he got through 19 and he just got a bunch of them wrong Mm. and apparently before going on she had talked about how like my whole thing is spelling things slowly oh no (laughs) so she was super nervous about it she did so good i'm like i don't know do you do this thing where whenever a kid does something good you're like unreasonably proud of them yes i get like soft and mushy it's my it's my feminine Yeah, I don't know what word she got wrong. And I, I correct myself. He got 15 right out of 19. She got 21 out of 22. That's an impressive ratio. Yes, For it is. For both of them. No, it super is. Oh, my god. In gosh. 90 seconds. 90 seconds. No, these kids are, like, truly just insane. Wow. And Vikram, he'll have his time. He's he's only 12 years old. He can do it again. He can do it again. Because he didn't win. She can't, though. <laughs> she can't. But she'll have a long, illustrious career as a coach. So, yeah, the spell-off is bonkers, and a lot of people are angry about that, too. I think that's a good way to demonstrate, like, almost an innate knowledge of spelling. I think I agree. And, like, you know, when your kids get four words wrong in a row from your list, it'll feel like bullying if you keep using that list. Yeah. Just if they do get them wrong, so... 
Well, and then at what point is it just whoever wins got lucky? Right. So, yeah, that's why. And because Morhen was the final word in this list, it is considered the winning word, even though I think that's like the easiest one of the ones that were on that list. <laughs> well, some of those words, I he just made sounds in yeah. a microphone. And some of them he said twice, which I think he was doing different pronunciations, two pronunciations of them. Yeah, which was because yeah. one of them was a word we use in genetics, and the first, like the first part, I was like, "What?" And then he said it again, and I was like, "Oh!" And then she spelled it correctly, and I was like, "Whoa!" That's how the spelling bee works. What's your kind of crazy? Word? What's my favorite word? Period. I feel like we've had this conversation. Mine's changed. Um. Oh. Okay. Well, one of the winning <laughs> words that I like quite a lot is chiaroscurist which refers to an artist who uses the chiaroscuro technique, which is, like, really heavy shadow. Oh. And C-H-I-A-R-O-S-C-U-R-I-S-T. Wow. Yeah. Chiaroscurist. I like stochastic. What is that? random. Stochastic? Mm -hmm. Spell it. S-T-O-H-A-S-T-I-C. Stochastic? No, stochastic. S-T-O-C-H-A-S-T-I-C. Cool. That wasn't a gag. I literally just spelled it wrong. It's a pretty good one. I I like k sounds. Mm. I find them satisfying. That's fair. I like the word lactation. Really? It's a good... I think, like, sensation, like the Asian is nice. Asian is nice. Lactation is just, like, if you say that's your favorite word, you're going to get some funny looks. I know. That's why I've changed it to stochastic. Yeah, fair enough. I'm going to get some funny looks saying Kiara Skurist. You are. They're going to go, oh, of that's modern, too long. The problem is a lot of modern media, this is you in a class. The problem is a lot of modern media is shot with a very Kiara Skurist eye, but no, our the, modern <laughs> televisions aren't lit appropriately or whatever. That's actually a good take. It is. I, I it's something. Did you see the Game me. of Thrones stuff? No, I, I was watching the Outreach. Sandman, and I was like, man, it'd be so cool if I could see anything that's happening on the screen right now. That is so funny. I forget that you were into into media. I don't forget, but I get really proud when you have a good take. I'm like, I'm almost nervous if I take one of these film classes, and I'm like, oh no, it's enjoyable. <laughs> Whatever will I do? Yeah. What you'll do is continue to watch movies in your free time and yeah. also love biology. Which is a thing you're, you're allowed, allowed to have hobbies. Uh-huh. I forget. Yeah. We have a podcast. Well, it's hard when, you're pa- when your hobby is your work. You know? Our friendship your pas- is a hobby. What do you mean by that? <laughs> I mean, like... <laughs> Elaborate. Like, we've made... Be- I feel like part of the reason we have the podcast is because we both know we are bad at seeing each other and, like, managing time. Yeah. And by making our friendship a hobby, by making it like this is a thing on my to-do list, it mm. forces us. I guess that's true. In a good, in like an affectionate way. I guess most friendships are hobbies and that a lot of friendships are based on similar interests. So you'll go and do that interest together. Well, it gives me good dopamine when get thing done mm. and get thing done when record podcast. That's true. Um, and we're getting into the scandals, which <gasps> is not nearly as... it's. Uh, what am I saying? Tell me the scandals. Tell me the scandals. I'm well, I'm trying to think of a word right now. Scandalous? Not nearly as salacious <gasps> as I would have liked. That's a good word. I was expecting there to be a lot more scandals because of the psych episode I watched in which a kid is using his inhaler as like a Morse code transmitter. Okay. In order to uh to spell the words right. It's like his mm-hmm. dad is transmitting the words for him. Mm-hmm. Um that, heard of that that's happening. not real. Yeah. I mean recently there was 
uh, a chess grandmaster That's accused accused a younger competitor who beat him of using transmitter a- anal bead transmitters. Yeah. I don't think it's true. I think he was just salty about losing. Well, yeah, because didn't he, like, retire immediately after? I don't know. Maybe. Okay, we should do a chess episode. That's also what I was thinking about when I was, like, researching this. I was like, yeah. why isn't there anything like the chess thing? Most of the scandals when you're looking up spelling bee scandals are just, like, pronouncer pronounced a word wrong and the speller appealed it. And then he got to compete for one more round before he was ejected again for not oh. being that good of a speller. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do kind of feel like if you're, like, the best speller, then you can spell the word whether or not the pronouncer says it right. Yeah. <laughs> or especially if you're also given the definition and stuff like that. But that's just my spelling bee hot take. What if it's someone who goes in, like, raw? Like, they don't study. They're just, like, innately good at spelling. I don't know. Is that – I guess that's a question. Can you be innately good at spelling? This would I think that, that there. Not. I think that there are possible – predispositions because it's like memorization and some people are better at rote memorization than other people are yeah i'm horrible at memorization i am also pretty bad at it but i'm good at spelling so i don't know but i wouldn't be good at spelling bees no that's the rub uh we have some other fun facts here so in 1926 only the second like national spelling bee Mm -hmm. pauline bell became the first female champion but what about the first little girl that was not the official study bee. Okay, but she study was, bee, spelling bee. But she was the blueprint. She was the first first. She was the blueprint. She was the blueprint. Marie Bolden? Marie Bolden was the blueprint. Was the blueprint. I hope. One of the first spelling bee competitions took place in Vanuatu Whoa. in 2019. <gasps> Six primary schools and 36 students on the main island of Vanuatu. Do you know what that is? Espiritu Santo? I don't I, I don't know. It just says Maine Island if oh. I want to. Uh, participated and competed for secondary school scholarships. It was probably Port Port Via, probably. Mm. But on the Wikipedia page for spelling bee, there's a bunch of different countries and at the very bottom was Vanuatu and I got very excited because then I could tell you about it. Yeah. Another kind of interesting thing about the procedural the procedure of the Scripps National Spelling Bee is that there is a monitor with a traffic light to keep track of time. They only have ninety seconds total for a word. In the first 75 seconds, the traffic light is green, followed by 15 seconds of yellow. At the 30-second mark, the light turns red, and a countdown clock appears. And the pronouncers can't answer any questions after the 30 minute, oh, okay. uh, the 30-second mark. And Oh, so you can eat up your time by asking questions. Yes. Yeah. And then I have some spelling bee jokes to, uh, to finish us off. To lighten the mood. <laughs> after the, the extremely dire episode we've had. Sometimes... <laughs> Children spell words. English is pretty difficult. They also, but it's like, but it's a real thing. It's a whole subculture. Sometimes I feel like. I love subcultures. Sometimes I feel like this podcast is like a procedural TV show where we just delve into a certain subculture and episode. Yeah. And spelling bees are one of them. And it's broadcasted on ESPN. Yeah. Like 8 million people tune in every year. I would watch if I had cable. Yeah. Except. Also, it came under new management a couple years ago, and people were mad about it because there were, like, way too many commercials, and there was hardly any coverage at all of the actual thing. Drum Corps used to be on ESPN. And not anymore? Now it's on ESPN, like, three years ago. Oh, right. I forget that there's multiple. I wonder if it's... I don't know if the spelling bee is on ESPN one. I think that, like, the final probably is, Mm. but probably not the preliminary rounds. Would you like to hear some jokes? Whoa. Yes. What if I said no? I would go, 
Why did the spelling bee champion go to the doctor? Give me 90 seconds. <laughs> Why did the spelling bee champion go to the doctor? I can only think of bee puns. Irregular vowel movements. I'm angry. <laughs> <laughs> Why is there a genre of joke? Why is there a genre of spelling bee joke? I don't know, but there's a lot of them. And some of them are, some of them are very inappropriate. Really? Yeah, we're not going to do that because this is a family-friendly episode. Can you tell me one? Well, one of them is, like, racially inappropriate. Oh. Um, okay, here's another one. Thomas Ooh. finally gave up on his dream of being a champion after always vomiting at the National Spelling Bee. He'll always be known as an expeller now. Uh, expeller. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I got it. It's kind of gross, though. Like Speller. Um, Do you know what they called throwing up at Subway? What? Protein spill. Why did they do that? I don't know. It's it's uh, Disney calls them protein spills, too. Ew. Let's see. Here's another one. A group of primary school students were participating in a local spelling bee. Mm-hmm. A keen young boy steps up before the judges and is told, your word is spider. The judges? I know. The... These people clearly do not watch the script's national spelling bee. He's told, your word is spider. Not quite sure as to how to spell it. The boy asks, could you please use it in a sentence? A judge replies, a spider has eight eyes. The boy then states, S-P-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-I-D-E-R. That's good. That's a good one. That's a good one because it mirrors... Because it it has a bug in it? (laughs) Spiders aren't bugs. They have eight legs. Oh, yeah, they're arachnids. Mm -hmm. They're colloquial bugs. You're a colloquial dog. <laughs> okay. Did I put you in your place? You sure did. Breaking. Spelling bee official pronounced dead. He then used it in a sentence. I knew that was going to be It still delighted me. How is that not the top one? I don't know. Oh, I like that they couldn't say spelling bee pronouncer. They had to say spelling bee official. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, those are some of some spelling bee jokes. Is that the end? Oh, I'm really good at spelling bees. It's all the other words I have trouble with. Yeah, that's a good one. I don't know what's just thinking about spelling bees. I think I could have been great. You could have. What if we had? If my parents got had bought me a coach and had me study for five hours after uh-huh. every school day. Yeah, could have been amazing. Well, it's not like you were doing anything else. Mm, at some point, I got friends. Well, you had books. <laughs> I did. Boy, did I. <laughs> What if we had an adult spelling bee, but it was, like, really easy words, and it just showcased how little we retained from elementary school? That would be really fun. <laughs> um, you, I, I thought spelling bees was good. Okay. This happens every time, and every right. time it's good. And it's every time I do research, uh-huh. which is why you get three episodes in a row, yeah. and I get one every six months. You make it sound like I'm like, mm, you can't do it. <laughs> no, it's self-imposed. <laughs> Pretty much all of my, uh, what am I saying? All of my problems are. <laughs> that's. I think that's most problems can be circumscribed to the self. Mm. That wasn't funny. <laughs> that wasn't funny at all. We don't even have any, like, we're not even building to anything. Because I, I know, I get the feeling when we're, like, Amping. I can, I, yeah, I can hear yeah. the, the end music start kicking in. Yeah, yeah, And then yeah. we just need a punctuator. What's, we need the beginning. We need to, we need to start the runway. Yeah. We're, have you seen the videos? The, tra- the, the plane is careening down onto the tarmac. Oh. 
I was thinking of a plane taking off because it's the oh, is it falling apart? <laughs> no, it's just a it's just a it's just a rough landing. Oh, that 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 baby over there is crying. Um, have you ever watched Destination <laughs> Unknown? What is that? Destination Unknown was, I believe, a History Channel TV show where they would go to interesting locations like Chernobyl or some crazy island in the middle of nowhere that has like some like local folklore that there's like a wolf on it that eats people or whatever, right? Destination wedding, but it's Chernobyl. <laughs> yeah, but they would, it, most of it, like 90% of it, the, the goofs, the gags came from the fact that they were traveling to these like really foreign places and it was like, they would get their luggage back and all of their camera equipment would just be like broken on, like and you would just like see it all like rotating on the wow thing and they would be like really upset, obviously, or they would like, my favorite episode is they're on a plane Mm-hmm. They get on the plane and they're like, man, I really hope this thing holds up. And there's like this really short man with a mustache and he's the pilot. And he's sitting up front and they're like on the plane and it's just showing them like looking down, like planning where they're going to go for their like investigation. And then suddenly the scene is like blown out. Right. Like it's super bright. And you it just the camera turns and you just see the pilot sitting there with his like, I don't know, his little like glasses strap like flapping in the wind. And he goes, we must go back. <laughs> the roof is gone. And then it cuts to an interior cabin shot of the inside of the plane. And the main guy opens the front door and he turns to his, like, friends and he's like, hey, guys, um, the roof came off. And you can see behind him what the sky. <laughs> so then they land and they, like, kiss the ground. Yeah. But that's what our podcast is like. I'm almost certain you've talked about this on the podcast really? before. It's so I mean, <laughs> um, I don't. Why? Why would the end of our podcast be taking off? Because we're leaving. For me, it just sounds like our podcast is equal to the amount of fun we would have on a plane. <laughs> if we're on the plane for the book, but they're on a journey with us. It's us and the listeners on a metal tube. Careen so we're through the sky. So we're no, yeah. So the listeners are on the journey with us while we're oh, talking to them. No, no, no. Okay, wait. No, no. So no. we're landing from we're, the journey list with the no, listeners. No, no. We're always on a plane, except when we're recording <laughs> podcasts. I mean, I was just clarifying that that's what you think. Yeah, we're always on a plane, except when we record the podcast. Okay, well, I'll I'll see you when we get back. Then, listeners, safe travels. Safe travels. Safe eternal travels. (laughs) I want to, full disclosure, we are recording this separately. I'm wearing a backpack. We are back in the booth to figure this out. We didn't feel good about our previous outro. We had to readdress it. We had a little talk. (laughs) We brainstormed and we decided that, number one, we're going to Olive Garden, not Applebee's. (laughs) Number two. Oh no, the spelling bees are swarming us. Oh no! We gotta get out of here! They keep on. Oh, what's that one saying? Pterosaur! (laughs) Kiaroscuro! Buzz, 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 buzz. Nave! Buzz, buzz, buzz. (laughs) Canadal! Okay, yeah, that was worth it. (laughs) I'm dizzy.